if you want to be a good friend to someone who just had a baby, stop by for maybe five minutes and send them food. Yes. Send them groceries, send them dinners. Do not stop by and linger. Okay. You can hold the baby another time. Like you just need to do a drive by. Hi, good to see you. Thinking of you. Here's a casserole. Like that's it. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 35 of Be More Well. My guest today is Allie Jacobs, and we're gonna talk about the things they don't warn you about when you're gonna have a baby. But first, Be More Well is a wellness-focused podcast hosted by me, Jeff St. Pierre. Uh, Now, what do I know about wellness? Almost nothing, but that's why I started this podcast. I wanted to talk to people from all across the wellness spectrum, doctors, athletes, musicians, moms, dads, everyone who's got a story to tell about how they've found mindfulness and wellness in their life. So ultimately, my goal here is to provide you with some information that will help you be happier, be healthier, be less stressed, be more mindful. I just want you all to be more well. I know I talked about this in last week's episode, but this baby is sucking up all of my time. I can't uh, even express to you how many times I sat down with a cup of coffee, all ready to do a final edit on this conversation, only to be interrupted by the kiddo. Now, I knew life would be busy. It's inevitable when you have a kid. You can't avoid that. Life definitely changes. But I figured there would be some solid nap time that I could take advantage of. My kid is only two months old. She should be sleeping something like 14 hours a day or so. She is not. She does not like to sleep. And and when she does actually sleep, I still have laundry to do and bottles to wash. And, well, you don't need to hear me complaining about it right now. That's not why you're here. But that is kind of the topic for this week's conversation. I heard so much advice from parents when my wife and I were pregnant. They were warning us about the lack of sleep and other typical things that you hear about. But there were so many things that happened between childbirth and now that I was not prepared for. For example, I was not expecting to be front and center for the birth. I had a front row seat for the uh, uh, magic, I guess. Yeah, we can call it magic. (laughs) So I wanted to talk to someone that's been through it and someone who I knew would be straight up with me. I feel like it's kind of hard sometimes to have a real conversation with people about this. They want to sugarcoat it to make it all seem so special. And it is special. Don't take this the wrong way. But there's some real stuff that we need to talk about and be ready for. It's Hard. So I asked my good friend Allie Jacobs to jump on Be More Well this week. If you have lived in the Washington, D.C. area, that name will probably sound familiar to you. She spent many years on the radio as part of the Jack Diamond Morning Show and also at the country station WMZQ. That's how I met her, actually. Uh, we knew of each other, but really met during a visit to St. Jude Children's Research Hospital in Memphis. Uh, we were there for a conference, and it just kind of clicked. I, I can't blow up her ego enough. Allie is definitely one of my favorite human beings on this planet. So this conversation is super special for for me. You also may know Allie from her appearances on Washington, D.C.'s ABC affiliate and on the Not For Lazy Moms podcast. Basically, Allie has been just about everywhere. So if you don't know her, I'm pleased to make your acquaintance. Uh, Before we dive into the conversation, I'd like to ask you to subscribe to Be More Well on whatever platform you're listening on right now. That way you'll be notified for all the new episodes that come down the line. I'd also love it if you would rate and review the show so the podcast powers that be know how we're doing. They love to hear feedback about the shows that are out there. And you can find us on Instagram at Be More Well Podcast. I try to put some inspirational content there as well as show updates. That's the best place to reach me too. So if you want to shoot me a DM on Instagram, uh, if you have any questions, 
questions, comments, concerns, suggestions for future guests. That's what I really like because I love to hear what you guys are looking for. Be More Well is a project that I selfishly started for myself, but I would love to bring on the guests for topics that you guys are interested in learning more about. And now here's my conversation with Allie Jacobs. How are you? I am good. How are you? Good. How, how's work from home life with I radio? love it. If I could do this forever, I would. I know that they'll never let me, but I wish I could. Oh my, I know. To be honest, I'm like so envious. I'm like, why can't I be in radio now when you get to do it from home? <laughs> you know, the, the best thing, I, I mean, there are two things have been good. One, with the whole pregnancy, it was kind of a blessing in disguise, being able to to be home and just, I don't know, be there for all of that that was happening. Um, but also, there are so many toxic people that I don't have to deal with on a day-to-day basis now. Mm-hmm. I know what you mean. Like, and seeing them and just having them in your space could get in your head space. And, and honestly, it can affect how you sound on the air and it can affect just your work ethic. I totally, I totally hear you on that. Well, how are you doing with the, uh, the new pro? Well, I guess not ne- necessarily a new project anymore. You've been doing this for what a couple, is it a couple years now? K and A? Yeah, we've been doing it for, I think it's been like two years, maybe it's been going good. I mean, of course, pandemic, our our target are small businesses and it's hard for them to afford marketing and sure. stuff right now. So I just, I'm lucky we still do have clients and we just signed actually a client today I'm thankful for. Um, but it stinks because like right before everything shut down, we were like, oh my gosh, like we're up here. We're like really making some real money. And um, I mean, like everybody, we've been hit hard for sure. Yeah, I'm I'm sorry to hear that, but I I guess it all makes sense. I mean, it's part of one big cycle, you know. Well, yeah, it's like these businesses need marketing and social media and everything more than ever. But they're like, okay, well, we don't have any cost. Like they just can't. They really can't afford it, and it's just it's so sad what's what's been happening to our you know economy and stuff. You're like one of my favorite people that I've ever met in my entire life. And I hate that we have like, it's just so difficult to connect in so many, you know what I mean? Like, I know it sounds crazy to say. I feel the same exact way about you. Ever since we met, when we went to St. Jude, I'm like, you have immediately became somebody that I connected with, but yet it's so hard to like physically connect and see you and, and plan all that. I know yeah. it's crazy. You don't even live that far away, but it's like just far away enough where it's like, okay, <laughs> yes. do I have the time to make that happen? <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. I hear you. Well, it's like now, a production if we were to hang out. It's like, it's a whole, got to map out the day, especially now that you have a baby. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, now I have a kid. So now we can use play date as an, ex- although your kids are older, what? but still. <laughs> it's all right. They love babies. Wait, how, how old are they now? Okay, so Sam just turned five right. and Jake will be two in April. Wow, five and two. That's crazy. Yeah. How do you feel about that? Weirdly, this, <laughs> like this past year, we've gotten outside more. We've had so much time together. Um, and as crazy as my little one is, two is way, is so much fun that I'm actually like contemplating a third. Like we're in that headspace right now. We're like, do we want another just to add to the chaos? Like we already have no idea what we're doing. Like we might as well just like throw another one in the mix. (laughs) I love it. We are definitely in the space right now where uh, one is too many for me. So Uh (laughs) yeah. Oh, I know that headspace. I know that headspace. Very well. (laughs) But one thing, and this is ultimately, besides just wanting to talk to you in general, what I really want to talk to you about is uh, because you've been so vocal about 
being a mom and you do the the TV appearances and you're you're always all about that. I really want to talk to you about some of the things that are sort of unspoken um, in the world of having a baby or in the pregnancy world, because you know, people always want to give advice or they always tell you like, oh, you're really going to miss the diaper changing, like yada, yada, yada. But there's so much they don't talk about. And then when you become a parent, you're like, wow, I was woefully unprepared for this. Oh, I honestly, I actually got mad at some of my friends who were moms before me. And I'm like, how dare you just throw me to the wolves and not tell me <laughs> how brutal this was going to be, how, because it's not even just about, you know, oh yes, you'll be tired, nap, sleep when the baby sleeps. Like that is not even half of it. Like you just feel so helpless and like, you have no idea what you're doing. Not to mention, you know, as a woman, your hormones are going crazy. You do get the baby blues as your hormones try to level out after you give birth. Um, it's just, there's so much that you can't control and nobody can prep you for it. It's almost this like initiation into motherhood that you have to go through and you have to just like power through it and commiserate and, and vent to your partner, vent to your friends and have that text exchange at 3am with a friend who's going through it at the exact same time when you're trying to feed. But like, <laughs> man, they do not tell you how hard it is at all. I was very blown away. Yeah, they definitely don't. I know one of the very first things that I thought after you know the baby came and I became a dad was I really wasn't there for my other friends as much as I thought I was. You know, reaching mm -hmm. out to my friends and being like, "Congratulations!" You know, what can I do for you? Or occasionally, I send a children's book to a friend you know who has a kid. But like, there's so much that goes into it that I'm like, well, I'm a terrible friend and I will definitely be stepping up for everybody else from here on out. <laughs> well, it's so true. You know, a couple of my girlfriends who I used to work with, they don't have kids and they came to visit me once my first was born and they stayed at my house and, and you're, you're a new dad to a newborn. Okay. So you get this. They hung out at my house, brought themselves Starbucks, hung out at my house for over two hours. I was trying to nurse. I was trying to pump. I was trying to, you know, diaper change. If you want to be a good friend to someone who just had a baby, stop by for maybe five minutes and send them food. Yes. Send them groceries, send them dinners. Do not stop by and linger. Okay. You can hold the baby another time. Like you just need to do a drive by. Hi, good to see you. Thinking of you. Here's a casserole. Like that's it. <laughs> that is definitely the way to go. You know, I, I love my wife's parents, but they came down for five days, uh, about a week after we had the baby. And I mean, it's coronavirus. It's pandemic. There's nothing open. Like they're like, Oh, well watch the baby. You guys can go get dinner. We're like, where? We can't even leave the house. So we were all just in the house, you know, the, the two of them, the two of us, the baby, all five of us and our two dogs, like essentially sitting on the couch watching TV for 24 hours a day. And truthfully, the last thing you want to do, especially I know, like for me personally, I don't know how your wife feels, but I didn't really want to go to dinner because I was still in that stage where I'm like figuring out what nursing is and, yeah. and it feel hard to leave the baby. Like to me, feeling normal is letting somebody else watch the baby while maybe I do dishes or fold clothes. Like I almost needed as a mom where I like have to try to nurse and try to feed and do all these things. There's so much stuff that like, and, and don't get me wrong, dads do a ton, but I almost personally needed to feel normal by taking a couple steps away from the baby at times and taking like baby breaks to kind of feel like myself. 
Oh, for sure. Uh, I, I think that's super important, especially for the moms. You know, I, I know there's a lot of dads that step up. I've been doing everything that I can to to help in this situation. Our baby came a month early, so we, we weren't even prepared right. at all for this. Like, I, I was still working. Like, I'm running back and forth. We didn't have a dog sitter set up. Like, there was just so much going on in those first few days uh, because we were surprised. You know, we, we didn't think... And first baby, everybody was telling us the baby was going to come late, you know? That's what I thought when I saw that, when I saw that she was born a month early, I could not believe it. I was like, oh my God, I was thinking of you. I'm like, that must've thrown you guys for a loop. Like I can't even talk about unprepared in general, like a month early. I feel like that's when I finally like started nesting. Actually, <laughs> And it's funny because that's exactly what happened to us. Like that day, the day my wife's water broke was the day that we sat down and said, Hey, we should put together a hospital bag. Like that, that was the day we, we finalized the baby's room. Like all these things happen. And then we're sitting on the couch. And my wife's like, I, th- I think I just peed, but I'm not <gasps> sure. <laughs> well, and you know, it's funny. Cause it's not like it is in the movies. No. Like, let's be honest when your water breaks and stuff, you really can't tell if you are peeing or if it's your water breaking because you have no bladder control at that point. Anyways, right. there's just so much that they, that you think it's going to be like, and it doesn't look that way. And, and that actually is a great segue because the biggest thing for me that did not live up to the expectations was the actual birth itself. And when I say it didn't live up to expectations, we did a parent, we did a birthing class. So, you know, we watched the video, we learned the thing, but even in, on TV and in that video, you're in a room with all these nurses and people and it's all this action. When we gave birth, it was my wife, one nurse and me. And that was it. I mean, I was expecting to be there as a support figure for my wife. Like I was learning all that. Don't rub her back. Just put pressure on her. Give her what she needs, like ice chips. I was ready to roll. And that nurse walks in and she goes, grab a leg. It's time. And I was like, what the hell are you talking about? (laughs) You know what? That's a great point. I never thought about that. But like, because we assume the same thing, that there's all these nurses and doctors and, you know, Matt's going to, I said to Matt, I'm like, dude, stay by my head. Cheer me on. And that wasn't the case. Same with us, both kids, one nurse and Matt, he held my legs. He was there. He told me he's seen some things and he's never going to unsee them. And you're right. Like it is not like that. You, you are in it. If you are in the room as a partner, as a family member, get ready to help out. (laughs) (laughs) So if she listens to this, she'll kill me. Um, I don't know what your experience was, but when the pushing started, uh, we got to the point where the baby's head started to come out and that's when the nurse was like, okay, let me go get the doctor. And we're all like, wait, what do you mean? We're, what do you mean? We're stopping. <laughs> like we just, we just got this far and now you want hold it in. What are you talking about? Wait, that same thing happened with us. I'm like, I, I don't even, are you kidding me? You just taught me how to push. Now I'm supposed to suck it back in. Like, I don't know. <laughs> How do you do that? The doctor walks in. She's like, so how are we doing? Putting on gloves. We're like, no, no, no. This is not a conversation time. Let's <laughs> let's do this. We got a kid coming out of here. I know. And, you know, I think that's another good point to add in is just like you have all these expectations with what labor and delivery look like. You know, you have these plans in your mind. You know, you were going to be the coach and to rub her back. And, you know, some people are like, no epidural. I'm like, triple epidural, please. But like. <laughs> You have all these expectations like being induced is bad. C-sections are bad, which by the way, I've been induced. Friends have had C-sections. I think at the end of the day, the important part is to just get mom and baby healthy. Like just get the baby out, keep mom healthy. Like 
it's hard to go in with a birth plan. It really is because I feel like it's just all out the window. And the only thing you need to focus on is just getting the baby out. I would imagine rarely that a birth plan really comes into play 100%. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, cause you can't predict unless you get to a point where you can say I'm being induced on this day or I'm having a C-section. You can't really predict when it's going to come. I mean, ours came a month early. We, we were definitely not prepared for that. I didn't have a music playlist done. I had none of that stuff. <laughs> well, how, how big was she when she was born? 6.5 or six pounds, five ounces. That's what I thought. She was like a good size. Right? Yeah, she did. Uh, she did lose weight. So she went down to like five pounds, eight ounces or so. She lost almost a pound. Um, so we, and we had a little trouble getting her to put the weight back on, but thankfully she's, she's rebounded, but it is funny cause she's like nine pounds now. And my brother and sister were both 10 pounds when they were born. So she's two months really? old almost. And she's still not as big as my brother and sister were. <laughs> Those women who give birth to, to nine, 10 pound babies, power to you, power <laughs> to you. I know. Amazing. I think my wife's actually happy. She came early because of that reason, because she was smaller. <laughs> Exactly. Easier. Totally. Uh, you know, what else is kind of interesting for me too, and this doesn't necessarily qualify for the conversation, but just given the time that we were pregnant during a pandemic, I could not go to a single doctor's appointment. So I never went to like an ultrasound or any of that. I never got to see any of it. And, you know, it was kind of weird, but like you were just saying, ultimately, I'm just glad we had a healthy baby and my wife is healthy and all of that. But there, there were things like going in there and being able to see or hear the baby's heartbeat for the first time and say, I, I didn't get to do any of that, which is kind of a bummer. Wow. I, I didn't even think about that. And you probably can't go to like pediatrician appointments either. It's probably one, right? Yeah, one at a time. And because of my schedule, um, I will be the one that primarily takes her in from now on because my wife is back at work. Um, okay. So I'll, I have the days free while she's working. So I'll be the, the dad in the doctor's office. <laughs> well, honestly, I will say, you know, as dads, my husband, you know, he made sure to do a lot of the doctor's appointments and to take a lot of those sick days. You know, at the time I was working in radio where we would have to work on snow days or holidays or work concerts and stuff. So it is good for dads and moms to have their separate time with the baby, you know, and especially as I, I was nursing my, you know, both my kids and it was incredibly challenging, but that's a whole other story we can get into. Um, but I always felt like the baby was always attached to me and always on me. And, you know, it was hard for me because I always just felt like a food source, right? So that's kind of, so it was, it was helpful for me to Matt, for Matt to be there to kind of, you know, take the baby sometimes and, and to kind of, you know, as I mentioned earlier, just have that space a little bit. So I would imagine that is really challenging. And we didn't experience that because uh, my wife's milk wasn't coming in. I guess because the baby came so early, she wasn't fully oh. ready. And then when we had the weight loss situation, we had to be very conscious of how many calories she was getting. So we had to feed her a very specific, like with breastfeeding, you don't know how much the baby's getting. So we had to feed her from the bottle right away. So I was involved in feeding pretty much right from the get-go. Um, so we were able to share a lot of those duties. So if my wife wanted to get some extra sleep, I could get up and take care of the baby. And, and there was a pretty good balance there. But if you are nursing, you, yeah, I mean, I, I, what does that feel like to feel like a food source? Like, I, it, I, I mean, honestly, I felt like a human cow. And as I'm talking to you, I feel like I keep saying like, it was really good to have space from the baby. But honestly, it was because, um, you know, I went into it as we talk about expectations or what we think it's going to look like. I went into it saying, 
I'm going to nurse my baby for a whole year and then I'll transition to food and whatever, um, but I'm not going to do formula. And we make these like grand statements thinking easy breezy, put the baby on the boob, it's fine. Um, for some, it may be fine. For many, including myself, it is incredibly hard. It is really hard to nurse. And that's interesting about your wife, you know, how she came early. That makes total sense. Um, for me, Sam, my first, he just wouldn't, um, he wouldn't latch properly. And he was born, he was born jaundice. Mm. So he needed nutrients, but he wasn't able to um, stay awake long enough to really get them from me. Um, so I had to pump very early on before he was eventually able to nurse. And I remember I felt like such a failure. I would be pumping and my husband would be laying in bed next to me, syringe feeding our very jaundiced baby, trying to flush everything out to make him okay. And I felt like I failed him. And um, it's honestly what triggered um, the start of my postpartum anxiety. From then on there, it was like a downward spiral of just little things along the way that I kept feeling like I was failing with, with motherhood, because we put so much pressure on ourselves to do everything. You know, we have this baby and we should automatically know what to do. Like I thought, you know, everyone told me, oh, your motherhood instincts will kick in. Well, my baby was born and I had no idea what to do and I couldn't even feed him. Like I, I just, I felt so helpless. Granted now, you know, he's five, he eats goldfish off the floor. I don't even care. But like, then it was just the world's worst thing that I couldn't nurse him. Like I have been ingrained in my brain that I thought I was supposed to, you know, that's one stigma that I wish would break because my wife said the same exact thing. She felt like such a failure when mm -hmm. it wasn't working. And our baby had jaundice as well. Um, we stayed in the hospital an extra day and she had to sit under these blue lights. Um, and that's kind of what helped get through that. But my my wife wasn't, didn't have the breast milk for the baby. So she was actually latching very well. She tries to suck on my nipple for crying out loud. She was <laughs> latching really well, but she just wasn't getting anything. And that, and, she, and my wife felt like such a failure. And she talks about to this day that she wishes somebody in the hospital had said, this is okay. But the message she was getting was, oh, it'll come. You'll be fine. Just keep trying. Yeah. And she was like, I just wish someone had said, you know, it's okay if it's not working. This happens, you know. I will say that it took a couple months of me being, feeling like like a failure, feeling very depressed. And I'll never forget, we went to see um, I would frequently visit a lactation consultant who I just became very attached to. She was just like, no pun intended. She was very, um, like such a kind person. She was wonderful. I just, um, really grew fond of her and I was a mess when I walked in there. I mean, you know, I stopped wearing a bra, stopped really showering. Like, I'm like, why do I need to do anything? I'm just trying, I'm just nursing this baby 24 seven. Um, and I went in there with my husband and they both we're in this room, Sam, my first, uh, just uncontrollably crying. I'm like, he hasn't napped all day. I feel helpless. This is horrible. And she was like, hand me Sam. And she takes Sam and she puts him on her arm and puts a pacifier in his mouth. And she's like bobbling his head back and forth and he falls asleep. And she turns off all the lights in the room. And she said to me, you're not yourself, are you? And I just burst into tears. And my husband came over to me and he was rubbing my back and he was like, we're really worried about you. You know, everybody focuses on the baby once the baby's born, but people forget to focus on the mom. And I just, I needed help. I needed to know that 
A, formula is fantastic. It's okay. It's There are nutrients. Who cares? Who cares? Your baby is eating. <laughs> Who cares what it is? Like formula is great. Yep. Okay. So you're right. There is a stigma. There is this feeling and, it, and it, it's, I'm glad we're talking about it because I feel like it is something that we should acknowledge that it, it should be okay. Um, and it was just this constant need to feel like we have to do everything ourselves. And I couldn't ask Matt for help because I'd be even more of a failure. And um, I remember that's when I started my therapy for postpartum anxiety and it helped so much. I became a better mom, a better wife, a better version of myself, because, you know, as your wife is saying, you, you feel like a failure. We have to learn that like, we're not failures. We're all just trying to figure this out. Yeah. And it is hard. It is not easy. And if you think you are the only one, you are not. Because I know those nights of pacing back and forth, holding your baby who will not stop crying, you know, trying to bring them outside to get them to stop crying or turning the vacuum on or, you know, doing something, shushing in their ear. It's just, it's a lot. It's really hard. And I don't think we acknowledge that enough of how hard it is. <laughs> you say shushing that maybe think of a story. There was one, one night it was like, you know, midnight, middle of the night and the baby was crying and I, I wake up to hear my wife going, shh. And I'm like, you think the kid knows what shush means? Are you kidding? <laughs> the kid doesn't even know which one of us is mom. <laughs> you think the kid <laughs> understands shush? <laughs> I will tell you, Jeff, have you read, have you read the happiest baby on the block? Oh my gosh. We have it upstairs. My wife made me buy it. And then also wanted me to read it, which I didn't know. Uh, so okay. I have to do that. <laughs> Wait, that's really funny because I messaged her and told her to buy it and told her to have you read it because she gave birth and she shouldn't have to read it. Well, that's uh, that must be where she got it from. So thanks a lot. <laughs> but that is what helped both our kids sleep through the night. Okay. All and right. both our kids sleep in general. I'm not promoting. I mean, that book is, it's just, I was actually just um, talking about it with a friend that has helped us a lot. And there's a lot of shushing in there and that shushing is magical. Okay. Fine. I'll read it. Fine. I'll do it. <laughs> you read so much. I've seen pictures with your bookshelves. <laughs> so many books. Read it. You know, my <laughs> problem is I, I read for work because I do interviews with people. So then when I'm like, I've got to read this book because I got to talk to this person. I don't have time to read that book. So, but I will make it a point because I, I'm a dad. I should read the book. I should know what's going on. And that's, all right, it's honestly it. one of those ones you could just skim to kind of get the base. Like, sure. you know, you don't have to read it page by page, but like it really gives you great tools to get your baby to sleep. Okay. Because that, how, wait, how old is she now? Almost two months. Okay. When people yeah. hear this interview, she'll be two months. But okay. Okay. <laughs> there is something that you've been saying though. You've been saying postpartum anxiety. And mm -hmm. I feel like we most of the time hear postpartum depression. Are those different things? So when I was filling out, and I don't, they are different. So I was filling out a form about postpartum anxiety and depression, and um, it was a bunch of questions. And there was never a time where I wanted to harm myself, harm my baby, harm anybody. Um, there was never a time of that. It was just always this unsettling feeling that if I wasn't there to control every situation, it would just be bad. Like, and I don't even know what worst case scenario looks like. It would just be bad. And when I saw my therapist, she said that anxiety is something that just like, it's, it's always there. You just kind of need to figure out tools and resources to like control it because what it does is it latches on to different things. So for me first, my anxiety was about that. I wasn't feeding the baby enough. 
then that went away. Then the anxiety latched on to, well, if I'm not around the baby, then it's not going to sleep the right way. And then it just kept attaching itself to different things. So my, my anxiety really came from a, I felt like I was mourning my former self and really just my life completely changed, right? Like you went from being able to make plans with friends and go out to not really being able to do any of that, right? Like there's just, there's another human involved that you're responsible for. You can't just, it's not a dog. You can't just put a food bowl down and leave. Like this, this is your child. So it, it's just a whole different lifestyle. I was very, I, I really do believe and and, you know, maybe people disagree with me, but I do feel like everybody has some sort of postpartum anxiety after sure. a baby. Um, just because A, how hard it is and B, how much your life changes in just the blink of an eye. You know, when you're pregnant, you're, you can still go out and do your own things, shower when you want to. Like I really had to make, make it a point in, in my schedule and my husband's schedule. Hey, can I shower during this time of day? Like you have to plan around everything. It just life changes. Technically, yes, there is a, there is a difference. I don't know the exact definition sure. of, of what is different, but um, yeah, it was definitely it was definitely there and hard. I think you're right, um, and I've been very conscious of the postpartum anxiety, depression thing uh, because I've been lucky enough to have women in my life like you or one of my former coworkers, who I won't name just in case, um, who have been very vocal about their postpartum anxiety and depression that it's made me understand how real it is. You know, it's not something that only happens to a few people. I think everybody, like you said, deals with it in some way. It's just, you know, does it get really big? Does it stay manageable? Where, where does it fall? So I've been really aware of that and trying to be, um, I don't know, trying to keep my eyes open for that with my wife to make sure. And I, I, you know, I believe she's doing well. I'm sure she has some good moments and some bad moments. Um, but it's, I feel like I'm lucky that I've had people talk about it around me because I'm so much more aware of it. There are other people out there that don't have that experience and it probably blindsides them. But I, well, I think we've been lucky that we've heard these stories. So we were, we were prepared for what could happen to us. Absolutely. I mean, my husband didn't know what that even anxiety was real until he met me. Wow. He thought it was just like, oh, <laughs> come on. Him. Yeah, exactly. I know. I'm like, wow, must be nice. You didn't need braces and you don't know what anxiety is. I'm annoyed at you. Anyways, Annie has perfect skin. He's so annoying. Anyways. <laughs> but he had no, he was like, he was like, come on, anxiety is not real. That's something you could just shake off. And, you know, is you just get in your own head. But he then came to learn and even before Sam, I, I had anxiety, um, you know, issues that I was dealing with. So it was no surprise that I would have postpartum anxiety, sure. but he really came to see, oh, this is actually a thing. It's real. Yeah, yeah. it's, it's very true. And, and I'm glad that I'm glad that there are people like you out there that are telling the story because it is so important for everyone to know that it's okay. Like it's, uh, it yeah. is definitely like so many of these things over time, I feel like we've been taught that they're embarrassing or you should be ashamed of them and you should not. They are all such natural things that happen to so many people out there. Yeah. And, and, you know, the hormonal thing is, is true too. After you give birth, like your hormones are all over the place and typically from like six to eight weeks post baby, that's when they say it's like the baby blues. And that's when your hormones are, you know, kind of leveling out and just extra wacky. Um, and that's kind of sometimes when it hits you around six to eight weeks where you just kind of start uncontrollably crying. You don't know why. 
Um, and it's just good to be vocal about it, to talk to your partner or talk to someone about it um, because it's nothing you should go through alone because then it just gets worse and you get in your head. So one thing that I do want to talk about too, and let me just preface this by saying that I absolutely love my wife, but there have been so many times, and I think she would agree, where we have like resented each other during this process. Like whether it's the middle of the night crying and whose turn is it to feed or whatever the situation is. I was also not prepared for that. Like I was ready to come into this like a team and take on the world. No one is going to stop us. But there are so many moments where I'm just like, oh, you got to take a shower today? Good for you. That's great. You know, and, and that was definitely something I was not prepared for in this. I know. I know. And and I feel you on that. Like I, I will say it changes your relationship big time. Sure. And um, what helped us we started, so when I started getting therapy, then he would come with me for a couple sessions too, because I felt like there was that resentment or he was upset with me because if I left him with Sam to go work a concert, I would leave him step-by-step -step instructions and he would be so offended. He's like, this is my child. Like, can't you trust me that I know to feed it or to put it down for a nap? Like, you know, this is, I know how to take care of Sam. And I remember my therapist said to me, I need you to remember, and she was like, and this sounds so cheesy, but daddies do it differently, okay? And ever since she said that, I'm like, you know what? I gotta let stuff go. Um, when it comes to the sleep, you know, who's changing some of the kid's diaper and stuff, you have to be vocal about your frustrations because Matt and I, Matt will be like, oh, even to this day, he's like, oh, you got the, he was like, he'll make a joke. Like, wow, you got all the poopy diapers today, you know? So then he'll make up for the next day. Yeah. I feel like you need to kind of commiserate and come together. When you start resenting, you need to acknowledge it and talk to each other because we have been there so many times. And even to this day, I'll, I'll look at him and be like, oh, really? You got your workout in? Like, okay, I need to take tomorrow because I'm just eating my feelings right now, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so as long as you can just make a joke about it, come together and look, you can't let that kid control you because they will. My kids control our house like nobody's business. I love my boys so much. When they say jump, I say how high. And it is, it, my husband and I joke about it because it's just, you guys gotta, you know, we have to come together in it. <laughs> it that, is hard. That's a big thing too. I, I think- if there was one piece of advice that I would give couples is before the baby comes really work on your communication skills. Like, is that being good communicators with each other is so important when your life is changing in that drastic of a way. Oh yeah. Me and me and Matt, we had therapy before we got married. And I remember again, another statement I made is I'll never marry someone who we have to go to therapy before we're married. But honestly, I'm so grateful we did because it helped teach us how to fight, you know, and we make sure to talk things out and we still use the tools that we've always been taught in therapy. I, I just, clearly I love therapy. <laughs> That's a good thing, it. though. I mean, I feel like it's something that, again, it's a stigma thing that people are like, well, if you're in therapy, there's something wrong with you. But talking to someone and trying to figure out the best way to live your life or the best way to handle a situation, that's not that there's something wrong with you. You're just trying to be proactive. Well, totally. And a lot of times when we talk to our friends and family, they tell us what we want to hear. Or if they tell us what we don't want to hear, we get annoyed with them. So it's kind of good to have that person who's just neutral, who can be like, no, you're wrong. Your husband's right in this situation or vice versa. Yeah, for you sure. Know? 
No, definitely for sure. Is there anything else that comes to mind that you were like, man, I, I did not expect this. Um, nobody told me just like with labor and delivery, what the recovery would look like. Oh like yeah. Actually look like, I mean, not to be TMI, but like, it was like a crime scene. And I, every time, you know, for a while, and I had no idea, I had no idea that I was going to need ice packs and mesh underwear yeah. and, and all those things. And I will tell you, like, whatever happens when you're at the hospital, however your delivery is, make sure you pack an extra bag and take as much stuff from the hospital as possible. Okay. <laughs> you ask for load up on ice packs, on witch hazel, on mesh underwear, on newborn diapers, because I only had one to three month diapers. I didn't even know newborn diapers were a thing. So I made sure to take the ball from the hospital. Um, and yeah, just put everything in the bag. <laughs> well, you know, recovery is a big thing too. Cause we, we were, I keep saying we, but like my wife obviously had to go through the recovery, but she was not expecting to need all the things that she was going to need, like finding the right pads for afterwards. Like she sent me to the store to get something. What the hell do I know? Uh, which is actually kind of a funny story. Cause I went to one store and bought something that said like postpartum on it. So I was like, okay, this must be right. It was not right. So, okay, whatever we moved on. But she said, go to target and just ask a woman, like, see if there's a woman in there, ask her to point you in the right. So I went to where like the pads were the, and there was a woman stocking the shelves. And I said, this is perfect. She's probably in her fifties. If I had to guess, I said, this woman is going to be able to help me. So I said, excuse me, ma'am, I'm just trying to find, you know, are these all postpartum pads or is there a specific? And she looked at me and she goes, what does postpartum mean? And I was like, I'm screwed. I can't even, <laughs> but I did eventually find the ones that she needed, but that was, I mean, again, we, what we weren't prepared and we weren't even, my wife wasn't even breastfeeding. So she was very surprised by the leaking that still happened, even though she wasn't breastfeeding. Like she wasn't really producing milk, but there would still be some that came out. And so, you know, that was another thing. She was not, she's like, why is my shirt all wet? Like what's oh my God. all of those things? Like, I, I think sometimes you do have an expectation that there's going to, I mean, you know, there's going to be a recovery, but you don't necessarily know how much that recovery takes over your life, you know? Right. And not only do you have a newborn who's this ball of mush and you have no idea, you know, what to do in that situation, but then your body is doing all these weird things with, you know, leaking and you need ice packs and you can barely go to the bathroom. Like there's just a lot happening all at once. It's incredibly overwhelming. <laughs> it really is. So if we it's had a life, <laughs> I know, right. <laughs> If we had a couple of final summations, I would say communication with partner is absolutely key. That's definitely one big thing. Um, throwing out expectations is probably also another big thing because a lot of the expectations you go in with are probably going to change uh, once you get there. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know. Anything else that you think like stands out? I would say don't be afraid to ask for help. Yeah. When, oh, yeah. when we give birth, we feel like we can do it all and, you know, we're failures if we ask for help, but you know, there's a reason they say it takes a village, like accept help, really accept help. If you have a friend that wants to come over and not bother you, but wants to fold laundry and just be in the background in the corner somewhere folding laundry, be like, okay, just don't talk to me and go fold laundry, you know, <laughs> or if you're, if you don't want your husband to help, cause you feel like you want to do everything yourself, please just 
just let them help. Like let them help. It's good for them. It's good for the baby. It's good for you. Yeah, for sure. I, I, I feel because I've gone through it. I feel for everyone that has given birth during the pandemic because it does change so many of the things that you might be able to do, you know, getting help from friends or family. Like my, my parents haven't been able to meet their granddaughter because they can't travel. Um, and they don't, you know, they don't want to take the risk of giving her anything. They don't want to get anything. And it, so it's really, it's definitely a challenging time right now. Um, but I think a lot of this advice is very helpful for whether you're giving birth now or, you know, you're thinking about doing it down the road, um, just to be able to plan for what could be coming for you. Yeah. One more thing on that, just because I was just thinking as you were talking, um, first off, I didn't even think like grandparents can't even visit. That's so sad. But like, also there's no really space for you to disconnect, right? Because you're working from home. Like I remember I was excited to go to work because I was excited to, you know, be around adults and have a fresh hot cup of coffee that I didn't have to heat up a thousand times because <laughs> I'd forgotten about it, you know, to have adult conversations. So when you're working from home and, you know, when we're home all the time right now because of, of the pandemic, you know, something my husband and I have been doing is we make sure that once the kids go to sleep, we have a little bit of time together. So we'll build a puzzle or, you know, have a glass of wine. Even if we're so exhausted, we make sure to just have even 25, 30 minutes of just us time where we don't talk about the kids. It's kind of just us, our time to catch up. That's really smart. Yeah. The disconnection thing has been difficult. I, I have found it to be difficult, but also helpful um, in a way that I'm, I'm home all the time because I really feel like I've been able to bond with my daughter in a different way than maybe I would have otherwise because I would have kept going to work. I did take a little time off um, for parental leave, um, but it's been great. Like every morning I wake up for work at two or three in the morning and I just grab her and bring her with me and I get, you know, a few hours of hang time there because I, you know, I do a morning radio show as my primary job. You know that. Not everybody listening necessarily knows that. Um but uh, so I think there has been a blessing in that, but, but you're right. I mean, it's like all day. I told my wife at one point, I was like, I wish you could just call a girlfriend and go get a coffee. Just get out of the house for half an hour, whatever it is. Like you just need some time away, but you, you can't do that right now. Like it's just not really a, a feasible option. I know. I know. I hear you. And, and, and now that it's colder, especially as well, it's, it's harder to go for those walks. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I know a lot of people do have like FaceTime, Zoom fatigue, whatever, you know, virtual, whatever, but, you know, I still have Zoom glasses of wine with friends and stuff. And, and, and you might be tired before going into it, but once you see your friend on the screen across from you, like it, it does give you that energy and um, you're happy you did it. I agree because that's how I feel through this conversation with you today is that I had to, I'm so tired of these, but I am so glad to see you and talk to you because it has been far too long. Agree. Agree. Congratulations. Well, thank you. And uh, <laughs> thank you for jumping on this with me. A lot of really great advice. Allie, I always like to let people um, tell others where they can find more about them. I know you've got a business. Um, I don't know if you want to, you know, selfishly promote yourself a little bit. Feel free. Are you kidding? <laughs> How many minutes do I have? My gosh. Um, <laughs> uh, you can find me on Instagram at Allie Jacobs and there you can find my business KNA brand consulting. Um, I am a brand consultant helping you with all your marketing, social media, PR needs. Wonderful. Well, Allie, it's always a pleasure. We need to do this again sometime soon I, it, we can't go like years like it's been <laughs> recently I agree. and i say we have drinks next time absolutely i think we can make that happen <laughs> 
Huge thank you to Allie Jacobs for joining me today. I can't wait until she and I can have conversations like these in person, right? Wouldn't that be nice? Uh, if you're a small business in need of some marketing help, her business can definitely do that for you. So check it out at K&A Brand Consulting. Uh, thank you again for listening this week. I appreciate you sharing some of your day. Don't forget to subscribe and rate and review the show. Until next week, be well.